I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. is now on ESPN Radio. Well, round and round we go. Where we stop? Well, probably March Madness. Welcome back to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Welcome to the second hour, although we are actually recording this before the show even starts. As this is playing, the uh, Big Sky Conference women's basketball title game likely about to wrap up. But as we sit here, myself and Keaton Gologly, voice of the Bobcats, the uh, Big Sky Conference women's basketball championship game just underway. Northern Arizona against Sac State. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show today, you can always find it. Uh, on the Nuanas Now podcast. Thanks to all of our great sponsors for uh, getting us here to Boise. We'll be on the road next week uh, in Butte, Montana for the Class AA State Tournament, and then we'll be back on the road for March Madness the week after that. So uh, it's always a fun time of year and uh, happy to be here. Keaton, uh, we stayed up pretty late last night. How you feeling, man? I didn't get to bed till about 2 in the morning. Yeah, I got to bed, I think, at about 3 o'clock in the morning. I got off the air at about 12.30. So, yeah, no, I'm feeling good, man. You know the, you know what's really coming in clutch is that off day between the quarterfinals and semifinals now. So, no, I'm feeling good, man. Last night, uh, a unique deal because Montana State had the opportunity to play on national TV, but the game didn't tip until 9, and then it went to double overtime. So that's why we had uh, such a late night. I mean, just your general initial thoughts after that one. It was a close game. It was a game with a sweet ending. It wasn't a very good basketball game in terms of uh, offensive aesthetics, but two teams that really wanted it a lot. I mean, there was a lot of passion in that contest with Weber State. Montana State comes out on top 50-48. to 48. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, right? Uh, Ella, the, everybody told me before I got here for my first Big Sky tournament that these are really bruising games and the officials don't call anything, and that's what we saw last yeah, night. Yeah. I mean, it took two or three times hitting a guy before you'd get a call. And so it is what it is. And, you know, when you look at the way Montana State has played this year, I think one of the things that has made them so formidable, so successful throughout the course of the year is that they can win in different ways. They can continue to win against different styles of play. They can win with different styles of play, even if it's a tight-whistled game like that Cat Grizz game in Bozeman. Cats know how to win that. If it's a game where they swallow the whistles against Weber in the semifinals, they can win that game. And that is why Montana State has been built so strongly and have had one of the more kind of underrated successful seasons because they weren't Big Sky regular season champs, but 15 Big Sky wins uh, in in the conference. I mean, that that's the second most they've ever had in program history. I mean, now they're sitting here, and they're a 24-win team. I mean, and I don't think anybody thought they were going to get back into the mid-20s after what an unbelievable year they had last year, but they've been able to do it. I mean, from your perspective, how has this team been able to so successfully chase a repeat championship? I mean, I think it comes down to what they did in the non-conference. The fact that they are two 24 wins now with the non-conference that they played. Two Pac-12 opponents, Arizona, Oregon. You know, the, the teams they played out in Montreal were really, really good mid-major teams that are having success right now. Uh, and then they still went and played at, at Southern Utah. So I think what they did in that non-conference season where they played a lot of really good teams, they played in some really strong environments which had them battle-tested, and they played a lot of different styles of basketball. So there were a lot of teams that played different types, and that allowed Montana Montana State to be ready to face all the different types of, of teams and styles that you see in the Big Sky Tournament. So I think it's that. And then, look, 
Coach Wrinkle went out, and he's obviously been able to recruit some high school guys, but he knows how to work the transfer portal, and it's the transfer guys that have carried this team right now to the, the cusp of another NCAA tournament. ESPN Roundtable, Keaton Gologly, voice of the Bobcats, joining us here uh, on Nuanas now. MSU, they tip three and a half hours after this show gets over, so it's going to be another late night. But you mentioned the transfers, and I think that's been such a huge part. That's a huge part of college basketball right now, but identifying what type of guys you're going to get. How are they going to fit into your program? Montana State knew they needed to fill some holes, but they weren't trying to go out and get some 25-point-per-game score. They needed to go out and get some pieces like Caleb Fuller, like Robert Ford. How important do you think that part's been is just finding guys that are good players, solid players, but also guys that can fit into the fabric of the team? Well, I think that's exactly right. Like One of the kind of, I think, fun things that really hasn't been talked about a ton yet is with this new transfer portal era, we can see coaches build rosters. And so it kind of elevates, I think, the style of play you see. And even if last night was kind of an ugly game per se, which I'm going to put air quotes around because I certainly thoroughly enjoyed it myself. But, you know, even when you see that kind of thing, like we see teams that get built and we see a little bit more nuanced roster construction, which I think can be really, really fun. And, you know, when you look at the way Sprinkle has built this roster, built this program and, and built you know, this team specifically, I think it helps kind of elevate coaches who really know what they're doing. If you're a guy who knows how to build a team that can win, if you're a guy who knows what their identity is supposed to be, what your team's identity is supposed to be, you can go out and find those guys. And one of the things that all of these transfers have mentioned when I've interviewed them, talked to them, is how honest Sprinkle is. He tells them what he what he expects out of them, where the role is going to be. He's not going to say, hey, you're going to be a starter at this position and then take you off the bench in a different position. He tells guys what they are going to be doing, what's expected of them, and how he's going to coach them. And if that fits for you, great. If not, he's going to go out and look for somebody else. The way that that game came down the wire yesterday, too, uh, it was fun to watch because people kept trying to step up and make plays, but there was just so much intense defense going on. But then all of a sudden, Raekwon Battle made not just the game-winning play at the alley-oop, but I thought his shot prior to that as well to kind of keep Montana State even keeled was huge. But just take us through uh, just what you saw on the actual game-winning bucket that's a play Montana State runs all the time, but usually at the beginning of games, hardly ever at the end of games, it was amazing they were able to get it off. Yeah, okay, so there was actually a couple of facets to this that I thought were really interesting. A, first of all, you know, Raekwon Battle fighting, that, fighting through that early adversity. You know, he felt like he was getting crushed in the post, and while he was getting to the cup, get, not getting a call. Now in the second half, he gets called for a couple of ticky-tack fouls, and all of a sudden he's sitting with three and four fouls late in the game, so he has to sit a bit. Sprinkle said after the game, that's the kind of game last year that Ray doesn't pull himself out of that hole. That is such a tough mental aspect to be able to fight through that early adversity and still step up and then be the one to make that play call. So Sprinkle told this story on our post game last night. This was Raekwon Battle saying, hey, if Jabril sets a backstring for me, I'm going to be wide open because they're all so focused on the ball right now. And one of the other cool parts about that and watching the shots from the baseline was, you know, in order to run that play, which they had timeouts, they didn't call their timeouts, they decide to call that play live, and they run it in those final moments. Darius can't give it away, right? Everybody has to move at the same moment. Darius can't look to his right and put his eyes on Raekwon Battle like you're playing poker, right? He had to keep the poker face. They initiate it right away. Bellow sets a great screen. Everybody collapse on, collapses on Darius. Dylan Jones tries to take a charge, but Brown was never going to the cup, so that was never a problem, and it was absolutely wide open. There was one guy on that side of the floor, and he got flattened by Bellow's screen, and it turned into just a, an absolutely magical moment and you know we'll remember brown to battle forever if the cats make it in on deeper into march it was certainly an awesome moment and uh fun watching your call too 
and and just listening to it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a couple moments like that in this tournament. Keaton Glogley, voice of the Bobcats, joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. How about uh, at the end of the game, a little bit of drama as well. And uh, I don't know, there's a lot of scuttle about where it all came from, but I think it's pretty cut and dry. Dylan Jones, uh, I thought, maybe deserved to be the MVP of the Big Sky Conference. He didn't get it. And uh, I think there was some internal talk from his side of things that there was some reasons he didn't get it. And I think he tried to go out and prove that he deserved it last night. Unfortunately, he did not shoot the ball very well. And uh, actually, probably one of the key factors to Weber State losing that game was him going 5 of 24. But uh, either way, after the game, Danny Sprinkle said, hey, I think Dylan Jones is a hell of a player. And I definitely voted for him for MVP. So uh, what would you make of just the whole pregame or postgame, excuse me, fiasco? I mean, it is what it is. It's nice to have a little bit of drama and controversy. You know, I think at the end of both of their, their comments and their statements in the, to the press, both of them, it boiled down to say, hey, look, I got a lot of respect for the other guys. So, yeah, it was a hot moment. And, you know, Sprinkle can be very intense. And if he went to go try to shake Dylan's hand and he wasn't paying attention, that could be taken in the wrong way. And, you know, I'm a little surprised that a player was uh, that focused on what that postseason award was and what it was because, you know, ultimately, for me at least, it comes down to championships and wins. And so, you know, I was surprised that that was something that was such fuel for him. But, you know, it is what it is. And I'm glad we got a little controversy. But ultimately, it sounds like both guys have a lot of respect. And that's what you want. People care. They, they want to be there. They want to be in this title game today. And that's what makes this so special because the passion is there on both sides. Now we have a championship game coming up. It's the third straight for Montana State uh, in this tournament. As somebody that's covered the Cats for a long time, I was very skeptical they could ever get to this point because Montana State's been very strong in a lot of different sports. Men's basketball was never one of those sports. It was not that they were ever that bad. They were always just kind of stuck in fourth place, stuck in fifth place. They could never get over the top. Well, now they've gotten over the top in a big way. And the fact that it's been done under the, the tutelage and the guidance of one of Montana's favorite sons and Danny Sprinkle, it's pretty cool. And uh, I don't know if there's a guy out there in all of college basketball that has as much pride in coaching his alma mater as Coach Sprinkle does. So, I mean, how big of a factor do you think that is in, in, in this Montana t- State's team's success? You know, I think it is a factor, but I think what it really comes down to is there happened to be this guy out of Helena who really knows basketball. You know, it, do, it do, whether it's his alma mater or not or whoever, this is a guy who knows how to coach his players. He knows how to motivate his players. He knows how to make in-game adjustments, and he cares. And his preparation is otherworldly. He's so meticulous, and he's terrifically competitive. So I think it comes down to honesty, too, with his players. They respect him. And, you know, we see Danny on the sideline. He, you can tell he tries to hold it in a little bit, but he can't. He can't. He wants to. He does his best, but he just can't. And you see him give it to his players but you know what his players give it right back to him and I think in this day and age it's hard to be a coach that coaches your players hard it's just a lot of guys don't want to be coached like that but he tells them straight up this is how I'm going to coach you a and b when they give it back to him and they go back and forth Danny doesn't take that as as, you know an insult he doesn't take that personally you think Bobby Knight back in those years in in the 70s and whatnot with the with Indiana was going to accept a player talking back to him no but that's what the generation we're in now and I think it's good that they can go back and forth they can fight it out. They can speak sharply to each other, and everybody can continue to move on, and it gives the team an edge, and they know how to fight. They don't back down, and they built this program on defense, and here we are now where they won that defensive battle, and they're going to need their defense tonight against a really strong, hot offensive team in NAU. It's going to be a phenomenal story from the Big Sky Conference perspective no matter what happens tonight because you have the nine seed, the Lumberjacks, they beat the top seed at Eastern Washington Eagles on a buzzer beater. They've won three games in four days already. They ousted Montana last night with a pretty decisive victory 
over the Grizzlies. They didn't look out of gas at all. They looked like they had a full tank of gas last night against the Grizz. And uh, on the other side, you got the defending tournament champions in Montana State trying to go back to the NCAA tournament for the second year in a row for the first time in their program's history. So uh, where are we at with this matchup? I mean, the Cats swept this one, but I think you could throw everything from the regular season out because NAU looks like a, a reborn team here at this tournament. Yeah, look, you know, you can go back to my podcast from two, three weeks ago. I told you NAU could easily upset Eastern and take care of some business. Like, this is one of the least surprising nine-seed runs I think you could have. I agree. Because they've won so many – they've lost so many close games. And, you know, I think it is going to be a great story no matter what. NAU has a lot of national name recognition right now because they have gone viral for the wrong reasons if you're an NAU fan. But people know them because they've had some crazy games, some crazy wins, and some crazy losses. And for Montana State – They've continued to pick up more and more uh, national recognition through, you know, college game day and all they've done on football and now all they've done to this point. So I think either team coming out is going to really have a, a nice kind of national presence behind them, which is going to be cool. And it's going to come down again. Bobcat defense. You know, if you're Montana State, you built this program on defense. You've won games because of your defense over and over and over again. Do you have enough in the tank after guys were playing 35, 40, 45 minutes in that 50-minute game last night? So, you know, kind of I think the, the double overtime game, really is a big equalizer in this because Montana State has significantly more depth, but a lot of that's going to be taxed as they get into this NAU game, and the Lumberjacks are going to have an X factor because they feel like they got one uh, that slipped through their fingers in Bozeman after leading for about 38 minutes and losing after a great Osabor bucket and the Cats getting an defensive stop against Jalen Cohn. So I think it's going to come out down to the wire. I think it's going to be a one-possession game, and I think it's going to be really, really fun and entertaining, and it's going to be its own cup of coffee when we get past midnight tonight. <laughs> Definitely going to be. King Logley voice of the Bobcats. You hear his great call on the Bobcat Radio Network around the state of Montana as well as on the Varsity Network app. Last thing for you then, I mean, what do you think are the key matchups, what are the keys of the game if Montana State's going to go dancing once again? Uh, I think Great Osabor is going to play a big factor. He had a really big game against NAU in that second matchup. He fouled out late in that game last night, so I think that was maybe uh, a little bit of a silver lining that his legs are going to be slightly saved, um, and we'll see. I mean, Montana State has a, a decisive matchup in the front court. Next matchup is going to be watching Jalen Cohn against Darius Brown, the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year against a guy who now has knocked down, what, five-plus threes in uh, four of his last five games or something crazy? I mean, J- Jalen Cohn's otherworldly. Can he get slowed down by the Bobcat? perimeter and how does Raekwon battle bounce back today he was obviously kind of fighting it last night getting some frustration but he still stepped up in a big way can he stay rolling and get this offense going because 60 points in 50 minutes is not going to get it done tonight so the Cats have to find a way to score can't believe how many buzzer beaters we've seen even the guy shooting for the kayak hit the half court shot here yesterday or a couple days ago I don't know I'm time traveling I don't even know what day it is ESPN Roundtable, King Glogley, voice of the Bobcats. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Let's have some fun tonight. Thanks to Keaton Glogley, voice of the Bobcats, for joining us here on the ESPN Roundtable. Before we move on to some talk about the Montana Grizzlies, wanted to share a couple quick sound bites from Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach, who we already heard from once in this show, as well as Dylan Jones, the uh, star sophomore for the Weber State Wildcats. What exactly happened in the postgame? Here's the explanation from both of them. Uh, talked to Dylan Jones after this game, and he kind of explained what happened after the game. I was just wondering if you could say what happened in your words with him. Yeah, he wouldn't shake my hand because he said I didn't vote for him, uh, which is not true. Um, it's not true at all. And I don't know if their coaches were using it to motivate him. They may have been. Uh, I hope they tell him the truth now uh, because I did vote for him. Uh, he's a tremendous player. 
I mean, one of the best players in this league, you know, and uh, he's definitely a first-teamer. And so, I don't know. I don't. I live by truth. I know I voted for him, and so he can think whatever he wants, to be honest with you. Any final questions for Coach? Our final question for Coach. At Sprinkle on the post game with Dylan Jones, here is Jones himself on his perception of the slight. Yeah. Ashley Washburn with MTN Sports. This one's for you, Dylan. It's hard for emotions not to be high after a game like this where you play 60 minutes and it comes down to one play, but I was wondering if you could expand on that conversation with Sprinkle after the end of the game. Um, I, was, I was walking... And I was walking in the line, and um, I didn't see him. And then he grabbed my hand and was like, shake my hand. He like grabbed my hand was like, shake my hand, a lot of competitiveness. And I just told him, I said last year, you know, I was crying after their game. And um, I just told him, you told me I was the best player in the league. Like, he said, he told me to come back next year, you're going to be the best player in the league. And, um, you know, I didn't get an award, and I thought that um, – he might have been a culprit of that, but um, but and I and it's not about that honestly, but um, but that's what happened. I I didn't I didn't see him. He grabbed my hand and shook my hand, and we just had a little exchange. But um, nothing personal. I, you know, I know Coach Sprinkle. He pretty he good people. So. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls located at 3621 Brook Street. No better place to watch all the tournament action, whether it's high school hoops, the Big Sky Conference Championship game tonight at 9.30 p.m., or all of the NCAA tournament. Paradise Falls is your go-to spot on the south side of Missoula. They got 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, dinner, food and drink specials every day of the week. Go check them out at 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Let's shift gears now to talk about the Montana Grizzlies. They lose last night 83-71 to Northern Arizona. NAU really pulled away in the second half. The Grizz were up uh, by two points at halftime, but they had no answer for Jalen Cohn. Cohn was outstanding. He hit his first five three-pointers, finished six of ten from deep, had 28 points to lead the Lumberjacks, but I thought it was Carson Tout who was the X-Factor. I mean, sometimes you got to go beyond the stat sheet, right? Because the main matchup in this game in the front court was Josh Bannon of Montana versus Carson Tout of Northern Arizona. Bannon has a great game, finishes with 16 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists. But there was moments in which he was a little tentative. There was moments in which the physicality of the game and uh, sort of the magnitude of the moment belonged to Tout. Tout had more uh, momentum swinging and game-changing plays and Tout a great set line, two 14 points, nine rebounds. But you'd think that, okay, Bannon slightly wins it because he has a, another bucket and two more boards. But that wasn't the case. I thought it was Tout that was the X factor for NAU in this game. I think it's Tout that's been the X factor for NAU against the Grizzlies all season long. And I think it's been Tout that's been the X factor for Northern Arizona uh, throughout this tournament. I've been high on NAU all year. If you listen to this show, you know that I've been talking about how I thought they were one of the more talented teams in the conference. And, uh, you know, I'm not really that surprised that they're in this position. Xavier Fuller looks like a power five guy to me. I don't know how he was at South Dakota before he landed at NAU, uh, but he is a big-time player. He's really, really talented. He's long. He did a great job defending on and Moody. He also finished with 14 points and eight rebounds. And, uh, I mean, Cohn is a big-time player. He started his career at the power five. He played a bunch at Virginia Tech, so he's got that 
that pedigree. And uh, I think Tout is just such a great junkyard dog, such a great sort of enforcer, do the dirty work. And uh, NAU, they're going to be a handful for Montana State tonight. For the Grizzlies, it was such an up-and-down year. I remember in the non-conference, after they beat South Dakota State, thinking, wow, the Grizz are good. The Grizz are good again for the first time in several years. This could be a fun year. Then they have a horrific start to conference play. They start 3-6 and six in the Big Sky Conference, and it was their worst start of the 21st century uh, in league play. And then they figured it out a little bit. They they changed some stuff they were doing offensively. They put the ball in Josh Bannon's hands in the half court a lot more. They let Brandon Whitney operate as sort of a secondary playmaker, which actually then made him more of a primary scorer at times. And I thought that was big for Montana. And they got the emergence of Anand Moody, who really played tremendously well down the stretch. One of the things that I think is so strange and one of the things that I really don't like about this extended eligibility, it's not that I don't think these kids deserve it because I think they lost a lot during the COVID years, and I think it was just a messed up time in college basketball and in college sports. But part of the journey, part of the reason we like sports, part of the reason sports is such a symbolic coming-of-age ceremony for our young people is the fact that it does abruptly end. It almost always ends in heartache. The ending is always hard. The journey is what we're supposed to appreciate. Trust what Trisha Binford said after Montana State's women's basketball team lost the other night. And I'm excited to have Ana Moody come back and get to watch him prevalently uh, next year if, in fact, that is the final decision that is made. But also, I think that the story itself would actually be better and it would be resonating more if he was finished. Like, if he would have had the heartbreak of that being his last college basketball game, I don't wish that heartbreak on anybody, but that's part of the journey. That's what the journey is supposed to be all about. Where are we at with this Grizz program, though? I mean, they got a win here at the conference tournament. That's better than they could say from the last couple of years. They finished with a winning record. That's better than they could say from the last couple of years, 17 and 14. I still think, though, they are not living up to the expectation that the program deserves. We've been talking all week about how the, the past of the Montana Grizzlies across the board in, in all the sports, especially football, men's and women's basketball, it really just haunts them. When can they move beyond the past and live in the present? I think that's going to be a huge turning point for their athletic department. But I do think that Grizz men's hoops is different than Grizz football. It's different than Lady Grizz basketball. Lady Grizz basketball, there's this omnipresent question of if anybody can ever do it at a high level again or if it was only Robin Selvig. And how much does that sort of looming uh, relic overshadow everything you do? Grizz football. Everybody in the FCS has got better and or moved on and moved up. How do you sort of join the modern era, particularly offensively, and, and get it done? I don't know. But Grizz men's basketball, they have had iterations and remakes, and they've shown they could do it under a variety of different head coaches, variety of different leadership styles, variety of different identities. So I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where this program goes from here. To me, I think they just got to get better talent. Like, they have good talent right now. If you're Montana and you want to be top of the league, you need to have excellent talent. You need to have several of the best players in the conference. I think right now they have a couple of the top 15, but you got to have – Two, three of the top ten. Two of the top five. That's where you got to be at if you're the Montana Grizzlies. So I think that's what the next step is. Let's hear from Travis Takir. Some actually really good stuff here from Coach Takir about what the overall and sort of widespread meaning of sport is supposed to be and also what he thinks is next for his program. You guys, you know, end the season, winning eight of the last ten games would obviously, you know, not the result you wanted tonight. How will you look back on this season and uh, the progress this group made as a whole? 
a ton of growth. Uh, we're so mental. You know, in, in my opinion, there's there's a growth that takes place in athletics that fans and the media never see. From from the first meeting with the group in the summer in June to the last meeting we just had in that, off, in that locker room, there's a lot of conversations that take place that they take with them in life. And that's really what college athletics is about. We, we can talk about March Madness when it's to a tournament. The reality is just you play a sport to learn from it. And when these kids first pick up a ball in whatever sport they play in, the intent for a parent is for them to learn how to compete and, and how to handle adversity. But, but also, be someone that other people can rely on. And when they learn to do that, they're probably someone who can hold a job. And I feel like everyone in that locker room has become that if they weren't that before they came. Now, a good percentage of them have been that. And we recruit good kids. Um, but, but there's been a ton of growth, growth with this group, and, and that's why we played as well as we did from March to now. And so um, there's some opportunity for us to take this another step. Travis, when you see Josh emotional here talking about Mac and a couple other guys on the bench emotional after a win like or a loss like this, you know, just from a coach's perspective, when you see just how much they really care about each other, just when you, when you see that, what does that mean to you? That means that they're getting what they are supposed to get out of this. Um, you know, Mac fortunately has been on a team that's been to an NCAA tournament, so he doesn't leave as empty-handed as it may feel. Um, but the Mac has just come a long way in this program from a young man that was playing in a red shirt that ends up playing quite a bit for a team that's fighting to win a championship after losing arguably our best player in the middle of the season. And, and so he really impacted championship on that team more than anyone in this room would ever understand. We probably don't win that if he doesn't come out of that check out of that red shirt. Um, and, and so from that point forward, he's always been committed to the program. And, He's been injured more than anyone I've, I've, I've ever coached in a, in a four-year period, right, over these last three, three and a half years. There's just been a lot of physical setbacks for him. And so for him to fight through the physical adversity the way he has is incredible, and, and his teammates respect it. And that's when you know that you have a family environment. When a young man that is a first-team all-conference player that has aspirations to play professional basketball has a teammate in the locker room who sees his playing career come to an end, and he's emotional for him about that. That's what this is about, and I think that's the part of athletics that we all lose sight of, from parents to coaches to media to players, is that that's the most important lesson that they can ever learn. Ultimately, you have a couple guys here, Josh and Brandon, who've been a part of a couple of Big Sky Tournament wins. Now you got some guys in the locker room who tasted that this uh, or yesterday as well. So how do you guys carry that momentum going next year? You know, there's a lot of experience coming back, and you guys have something to, to glean from. You just keep growing. Um, we're going to have some hard conversations when this thing ends in terms of areas of growth and what we can do to get better to make sure this doesn't happen next year. And the guys that commit to that are the ones who are going to help us be successful. And, you know, biggest thing is the hardest thing with the an athlete is to look in the mirror and challenge himself when he can identify his weaknesses and attack them. So um, we all do that as coaches, as players. Watching more ups and in the game that maybe on it when he was dealing with some sort of like cramps or lower leg pain. And I guess just like was there any specific he was going through and like how did that affect you guys as a team? He injured his arch. So we went through, walked through, and prepared this morning. He wasn't a part of that. He was on the sidelines, and he was there. Um, 
we walked through a couple of things, but he, he didn't do it in the shooting and the moving around and the things that we that we typically do in a pregame workout. So um, he's got a lot of tape on that foot, a lot of mileage um, in a game, and, and what running is his game, right? His movement, his ability to to free himself from defenders is, is his game, and I you know I think that he, he definitely wasn't 100 percent in that regard. When you, now that the season is complete, do you consider this a successful season? And what do you see as the next step for the program to take? And how do you go about doing that? We define success different with every group you ever have, right? And so, you know, for the University of Montana, there's an expectation that comes with football, basketball, women's basketball, right? And you want to compete for championships. And so, did we do that? Yeah, we were in the semifinals, um, playing for an opportunity to. To, to be in the final game of conference to go to the NCAA tournament. So um, winning season, continued winning seasons, opportunity, 17 wins and opportunities to add to that potentially. So there's a level of success that we've had this year um, that we can always hang our hat on in comparison to some of the programs. Do we want more? Yes. Do we set our goals higher? Yes. And, and that's what's special about being at the University of Montana as opposed to some other places is that there's teams that may get one plus season win and they feel that they've arrived. And for us, it's, it's, it's trying to get to that final night. And we've been there quite a few times, uh, more than anyone else in the conference in our, in our nine years. We, our plan is to continue to get there. So we're going to have to buckle down and figure out how to get there next year. ESPN Roundtable, SkylineSportsMT.com. ESPN Roundtable, here on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, on your Wednesday. We are on Championship Wednesday, the first Championship Wednesday in Big Sky Tournament history, coming to you live from Boise, Idaho. But we're recording this a little early because of the Women's Championship game probably just now winding down. So we'll have live results for you from that, plus uh, press conference coverage. But we want to be able to attend the press conference and uh, sort of soak in the post game. So we're recording this as the first half of the Women's Championship game uh, plays out. How about a couple more thoughts on the Montana Grizzlies? There's Josh Bannon and Brandon Whitney on their thoughts on uh, just what this season was all about and where do they go from here. Guys, Andrew Ralph, Skyline Sports. Uh, coach addressed it, but what was your thought on what happened in the second half? Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely that element about scrappiness. I know the coach said that's that felt like we were underprepared to that so we felt what we felt players to be hyper-prepared. Um, I know personally I wish I could have some players back. Um, you know, yeah, I think we could have done a better job of executing defensively as if we were executing more coach results. But I think that was the biggest difference. In that second half, did you guys like the shots you were finding? They just weren't quite falling, like offensively, did you like? Was that what you guys were looking for? Um, there were stretches where there were shots that we didn't necessarily want to take, but other than that, I think we took the shots that we wanted to take, and they just weren't falling. Josh, we can obviously see you emotional right now. Just, you know, what can you say about just this year's team and just, you know, just like letting this one get away and just seems like this one meant a little bit more to you guys. Yeah, this is, this is my, third, my third year now. Each, each time it's going to happen. Um, and the thing I think for us in this group, and I know myself personally, 
that egg simply is a very big part of this program. Ever since I've been here, and in my opinion, should go down for his history. Not like he might not be the best player to have ever played here, but his pride in this program means something, and he, he doesn't care about his name. And I, I think for me, I, I want a championship for him so badly that he's given his all to the program, and like, people don't know, but like. He's been hurt all year. He's been hurt, like, fighting through stuff. Like, people don't see that. But there's days he can't. He can barely walk, let alone play. And he rocks up on game day and he toughs it out and he finds a way to play for us because there's been some. And I wanted that really badly for him. And it's disappointing that it won't ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Go check out Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. We'll take a step outside the Big Sky Tournament and into the prep ranks. Lewistown, one of the top contenders for the Class A title in boys basketball. Scott Sparks, the head coach of the Fergus County Golden Eagles boys basketball team, joins us to help us preview this weekend's Class A tournament in Bozeman. Can the Eagles make a run all the way after going undefeated in the regular season? We'll see. Scott Sparks. Lewistown High School Boys Basketball Coach next. Don't change the dial. It's ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. Montana Television. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you live from Idaho Central Arena here, downtown Boise, Idaho. We have a Big Sky champion, the Sacramento State Hornets, for the first time ever advancing to the NCAA tournament. Just got done with the press conference. I heard from Jordan Oliveras. Kalasia Dean, uh, two of the standout players for Sac State uh, in this tournament and particularly in this championship game, and also for Mark Campbell, the head coach uh, of the Sac State women's basketball team. We'll have a full press conference for you on SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll have some sound bites on tomorrow's show as well. Really interesting because I've covered Big Sky women's basketball now for 17 years. And for the first half of that, it was almost exclusively dominated by the Montana Grizzlies. And then, uh, since it moved to a neutral site and Robin Selvig retired, there's been a couple primary contenders, but it's it's been sort of these, these powerhouse uh, programs. Montana State, Idaho State, Idaho. Portland State jumped up there and snatched one once. Uh, Northern Colorado under Cami Etheridge. Certainly uh, was one of the great individual teams. But it's been hard for the city schools particularly to, to break into that hierarchy of Big Sky Conference women's basketball. 
And Sac State's always just kind of been stuck there in the middle towards the bottom. They've done, a bunch of, they've done it a bunch of different ways. I mean, when, when Jamie Craighead was there, they had some good talent. And then when Bucky Harkerwell was first there and he inherited some of that talent, they had a really unorthodox system that gave people a lot of trouble. But they haven't been able to really truly become an upper echelon team. But they have become an upper echelon team, boom, just like that, under Mark Campbell. Uh, it's pretty impressive. We will have a full recap of this championship game tomorrow on Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Chris Redpath will join me in studio. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops presented by Ryan and Miller. Ryan and Miller is a law firm specializing in personal injury and criminal defense. They handle cases across the state of Montana, and their focus in specific areas of law ensures they're providing their clients with the best representation. Their firm proudly handles automobile accidents, medical malpractice, wrongful death claims, DUIs, and criminal charges. Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Let's talk a little high school hoops. There's one undefeated team in boys basketball entering the Class A tournament. He leads the Fergus County Golden Eagles. Prep coverage on Nuanez now rolling on as high school state basketball is hurrying towards the end of the season. Divisional tournaments wrapping up. State tournaments getting started across the state. We're here now with Scott Sparks, the head coach of the Lewistown Boys, still working on an undefeated season after winning the Eastern A Divisional Tournament last weekend. Coach, first off, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And let's just start with that Eastern A Divisional Tournament. Guys rolled through it and beat Glendive 66-40 in the championship game last Saturday. Just walk me through that uh, that environment and uh, winning that title. You know, we had a, a tremendous crowd from Lewistown that made the way down to Billings. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's always a, a great time to play in front of your, your home fans in, in a venue like the Metra and uh, you know to go up against a, a team we played last year in the divisional championship in Glendive that um, really started playing their best basketball this last weekend you know if you look at their scores throughout the year they were in a lot of tight games I know they struggled in the fourth quarter to put teams away and um, so it, it was kind of neat to play a team like that that uh, had kind of maybe hit their peak and you know the score ended up 26 but the game was a lot closer than that I mean we got out to a strong start and you know we withstood every little run they went on you know they had a a, a couple 8-0 runs and you know we were able to to kind of answer every one of those and um yeah to, to be able to get uh, our second divisional championship in a row was huge i think it's only been done one other time in school history and so you know for us it was uh kind of just another check mark on our list of goals for the year and, and now we're prepping for uh what's going to be a very competitive state tournament well, that win takes the Lewistown boys to 21-0, and still working on that undefeated season. And as you mentioned, next stop, the state tournament. When's your first game? Uh, we'll open Thursday night at 8 o'clock against Hamilton. How does the mindset switch, or, or does it switch at all, heading now into the state tournament, the goal that you guys have been working towards all season? You know, I don't think there's a change in mindset. This group's been focused uh, since day one, coming off a, a very successful football season. Nine of our top 12 guys played football, and now they roll into uh, basketball with not much rest. And so, you know, we've we had a series of goals that we set along the way. And, um, you know, the first one was to come out and get that first win against Butte Central and then, you know, make sure we secured a one seed and win the conference. And from there it turned into, oh, well, let's have an 18-0 season, something that we hadn't done in school history, and, and then get that divisional championship. And, you know, it's been business along the way. I mean, I, I said after the game the other night, you know, last year it was real celebratory after we won that divisional championship. This year it felt a little more business-like. Like, it, we, you know, we expected that. Now it's it's moving on to that, that state tournament. And, um, 
obviously, you know, once you get to the state tournament, every team is good. And so, you know, it's just taking it a game at a time and trying to stay focused on, on the task at hand. And, um, you know, it's nice to have kids that have been there, done that. They've been real level all year. They haven't been too up, too down. Um, you know, they've just been focused on taking it a game at a time and then trying to put ourselves in the best position to be successful. Scott Sparks, head coach of the Lewistown boys basketball team, joining us for a little prep extra here on Nuanez Now. And coach, tell me a little bit about your team. You've got a ton of talent on that team and a lot of experience, like you mentioned, coming back. Yeah, we do. You know, we returned to all staters and Royce Robinson and Fisher Brown. Um, you know, Royce uh, has been a, he'll be a three-time All-State player for us after this year, and, and Fisher, I would assume, is on that same course. Um, you know, Royce uh, is one of those kids that fills up just about every stat column. Um, you know, on a given night, he'll he'll be pushing a triple-double. Uh, he's even had a couple nights where he's been pushing that quadruple-double. You know, so he's, he's, he's our team leader, without a doubt. Um, he's kind of the driving force behind everything that we do. Uh, Fisher Brown is a, a junior that um, is... is if not the best shooter in the state, he's, he's right there. Uh, his ability to take over a game, scoring in a variety of different ways, and is just pretty impressive. He's also became a great rebounder this year. His defense has improved. He sees the court well. He's another guy that now is a senior next year. You know, could be putting up those those triple double type stats as well. Um, so you have those two guys that you know combine for forty five points a night, but we're averaging seventy two. You know, so we've got a lot of, a lot of other kids that can put the ball in the hole. I, I would just say that our role players play their roles to perfection. You know, we, our third scorer on a given night could be one of about four or five different kids. Um, we're pretty deep, you know, right now the rotation's been, you know, closer to eight or nine kids, but we could go 11 or 12 and probably not miss a beat. But, you know, it's, it's just having those two, two foundational pieces to build around with a bunch of other guys that just like to win. Well, they, they understand their roles. They do them very, very well. And, um, you know, it's just a real special group of kids. I think probably the thing that makes me most excited, they're just genuinely good kids. We don't have behavior issues. You know, they're well-liked in the community. They're well-liked in their school. And, and so that makes it really easy as a coach to deal with, with not only having a highly talented basketball kids, but just overall great kids. Well, a lot of them were, were on the team last year, and you guys last year, Lewistown, had a great season, went all the way to the state championship game and, and dropped a really close one to Butte Central. In a classic game, Coach, just what was the mindset coming back this year after after a loss like that, and especially now as you're, you're heading back towards the state tournament again? You know, I wouldn't say it was used as motivation because I think win or lose, our kids understand that, you know, to win a championship, you have to catch some breaks along the way. It takes a little bit of luck. And, you know, for, for that night, the, the breaks didn't go our way. And um, with a strong group of kids coming back, they were going to be in the gym regardless. You know, I, I don't think winning or losing that game was going to make or break our offseason or our focus for this year. Um, these kids have grown up playing a lot of basketball together. And, um, you know, we can look from that, look at that game and we can learn from it. You know, we had a three-point lead with a minute and a half to go and we made some uncharacteristic mistakes. You know, we, we had to battle through some foul trouble. Royce didn't play the whole second quarter of that game and half of the fourth and, and even then was pushing 30 points that night. And so, you know, it's a learning experience. How do we keep some of our guys out of foul trouble so that they're, they're on the court more in those big games and how can we better utilize our role players so from a coaching staff that game was a great learning experience for us and for the kids you know once you get that taste i think you do want to get back there and with the crew that we had coming back it's a group that from the time they were little they won a lot of basketball games they 
They don't know any different. They they wanted to, to get back that and get a second shot. But we also know that going into this week, man, you got to beat some really good teams along the way. The Southwestern A was was flat out loaded, and um, we're going to open up with an incredible team right out of the shoots with Hamilton. And so you know, our focus is just on preparing for them and, and going out and, and seeing what we can do. And, you know, um, our goal, hopefully, yeah, it ends in the state championship. But we also understand that, you know, I mean, on any given day, anything can happen. So don't take for granted what we've got going. Just focus on the moment. And, and hopefully it ends in a state championship for us. And anything else that you want to mention before I get you out of here? No, no. I, I think, um, you know, Class A basketball, we've, it is tough. It's tough to go and win on the road. This, this group of kids is has withstood every team's best shot throughout the course of the year. We we went through a little lull midseason where we weren't playing 32 minutes of, of very good basketball. And, um, you know, I think we got better learning to, to play through some of those those experiences. And, um, you know, over the course of probably the last three weeks to a month, we've played really good basketball. And so I feel like our guys are, are playing their best. They're, they're locked in on what they need to do. And uh, I'm excited for next week to, to go up against some, some incredible teams and, um, you know, and, and to see the support we'll get down in Bozeman. It's Scott Sparks, his Lewistown Golden Eagles, 21-0, heading into the Class A Boys Basketball State Tournament. Coach, appreciate the time, and good luck this coming week at State. Lewistown opens up again with Hamilton on Thursday. Coach, thanks again. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Andrew, and uh, thanks to Coach Sparks for joining us. Uh, Fergus County, they open against Hamilton 8 p.m. on uh, tomorrow night, that is, in Bozeman. Uh, from Brick Breeden Fieldhouse. That's the fourth and final game of the first day of the Class A Boys State Basketball Championship. Glendive and Dillon play at noon. Butte Central and Columbia Falls play at 1.30. Frenchtown and Billings Central play at 6.30. And then Lewistown and Hamilton play at 8 p.m. Tournament takeover continues. Don't touch that dial. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. What a week. Unbelievable. We're only halfway done. 
Be back in Montana uh, as of tomorrow, though. So, you know, that's always good. Welcome back. Nuana's now ESPN Radio coming to you live from Idaho Central Arena. It's our tournament takeover. Appreciate everybody for following along, hanging out. Thanks to all of our great sponsors who helped us get here. Paradise Falls of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street. Missoula's coolest hotspot. They got 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Need a spot to go watch the Big Sky Tournament Championship game tonight? Go do it. Missing in today's show, jam-packed show. Danny Sprinkle, Raekwon Battle, Shane Burkar, Northern Arizona. We also heard from Keaton Gologly, voice of the Bobcats. Scott Sparks, the head coach of the Lewistown boys basketball team. And a whole bunch more. Give you some of the best storylines from around prep hoops as well. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Presented by Blackfoot Communications. Go check out goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Also, thanks to the M Store where they're all grizz all the time. And the MSU Bookstore. Best place to get your blue and gold on game days. Thanks to Jeff Safford for producing the show in the back. We'll be back at it in the studio tomorrow. Can't wait for it. In the meantime, thanks to all of our great sponsors for sending us here. The tournament takeover continues. We'll be in Butte, America the next time we do this. But right now, we got to go. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. This is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.